Toda. Okay, this year um, is sponsored by Faith Wolf in loving memory of her mother, Nessa Bas Velva Neshama Shadhavan Aliyah Mikhail Lafayel. So there is a, a two sided photocopy that you have there. We're going to start on the side uh, where it's larger, larger print from the Midrash. And three lines from the top, it says letter Yudalid. So it's going to be right here where my finger is. Letter Yudalid. Okay? Now this is the Midrash Rabbah on Parshish Vayera. And it goes as follows. The first part I'm just going to read through a little bit more quickly, even though it's very interesting, but it's not what we're going to focus on. So Avraham Avinu is visited by three Anashim, or actually three Malachim, three angels, and he serves them food, and he brings them Chema and Cholav. Chema nowadays is translated, that's the Hebrew word for butter, and Cholav is milk. But some people learn Chema here really is cream. So cream and milk. Amar Rabbi Chanina. Rabbi Chanina said, they're going to talk now about qualities of cream. So, Hama'ula echad mishishim b'cholav. The best cream, that which is the richest, is one-sixtieth of the total milk product that you have there. So milk, raw milk, consists of cream and milk. If you take one-sixtieth of the very fine cream there, that's the best stuff. That's hinted to in a gematria because v'chem is gematria 60. Shishim. V'habenoni echad me'arboim. Whereas the average cream is 140th. And v'hakibor, that which is low quality cream, echad me'esrim is 120th. You're gathering more and more milk, less and less cream as you're moving up in amount. So the smallest amount is really the best. That's the richest. That's the first opinion. So that is saying Avram Avinu gave them the richest kind of cream. The second one is Rabbi Yonah. Rabbi Yonah says, Hama'ula echad mimeya. Actually, the, the best cream, the richest cream, is one one-hundredth of the total raw milk product. Benoni echad mishishim. Average is one-sixtieth. Vahakibor echad me'asrim, and the low grade is one twentieth. That's also is also a gematria, which is a remez to the best quality one one hundredth, and chem of v'chalav equals mea equals one hundred. So those two words, cream and milk, equal gematria kuf one hundred. So that's just the first part. Interesting. Now the second part is a question because the Torah says that Avram Avinu tells the Malachim, pas lechem. I'm going to take a loaf of bread and I'll put it before you. But as he serves them, you never find that he serves the bread. So the Midrash asks, Upas hechanhi. What happened to the bread? Where is it? He said he was going to bring it. Ephraim maksha'a. So one of the Chachamim, Ephraim maksha'a. Some people say that means he sold kishuin, squash, cucumbers. Some people say he asked questions, like the word kasha, maksha'a. Talmido de Rebbe Meir. He was the Talmud of Rebbe Meir. Mishum Rebbe Meir. So he says, in the name of Rebbe Meir, why didn't Avraham Avinu 
bring out the bread, because Amar, Reb Meir says, Porsa nida the isa, that at that moment, as she was preparing, Sora Yimenu became a nida. She got her period for the first time in who knows how many years, because she's already an older lady, and that's what she's saying to them, I'm too old, I can't have a child anymore. So right there on the spot, when the Malachim came, she becomes a nida. So she returns to her younger years and has a period. As a result of that, the dough which she's involved with becomes tame. Therefore, Avram Avinu didn't bring it out. So she makes the dough. To, we don't have those concerns anymore. We don't have the base on Mikdash, and we don't have concerns about a woman making her food tame if she's a nida. But when we had a base on Mikdash, we did have those concerns. You had to be careful for that. What about Avram Avinu? There's no base on Mikdash there. So there's a level of eating which is called Chulin al Taharas HaKodesh. And some very great people in earlier times, even their ordinary food, Chulin, they ate them as if they were Kudshim, as if they were holy food. So therefore, Avram Avinu ate on that level. Even his ordinary food he treated like Kodesh. And because the dough became Tameh, as Sora was in Nida, he wouldn't serve it. So that's why the bread wasn't on the table. That's one opinion. Rabban and Amri, the Chachamim, say, Afilu pas hevi lifneim. No, no, of course he brought, be- he brought bread. The fact that the Torah doesn't mention it, it doesn't mean he didn't bring it. Different opinion. Ma'im devorim shilo amar hevi lifneim. If the Torah tells us about things that Avraham Avinu didn't even talk about, didn't even mention to them, and he brought them, like butter and cream, so certainly the things that he had mentioned specifically to them, of course he brought them, meaning you don't even have to say it. The reason the Torah didn't say he brought bread is because it's obvious he brought bread. Of course he did. He said he was going to bring it. So either like the first opinion, he left it off because Thor became Anita and the dough became Tomei, or like the second opinion, of course he brought it. It just was obvious. The Torah didn't have to state it. Now, those are the things we're not going to concentrate on, but it's very interesting. Right? So, Midras is always interesting. Now, we're going to where we are going to concentrate on. Vahu omeid alehem. There's a difference in Lashon here. When the Malachim come to Avraham Avinu, it says a little earlier than this in the Torah, Nitzavim alav. And that means literally they were standing over him. Alav. You'd think that it would say, Etzlo, near him, something like that. But it says, Olav, on him, like over him. Now the Torah switches the Lashon a few psukim later, and it says, now we're back in the Midrash, Vuhu omeid alehem, he was standing over them. So which one is it? Are they standing over him, or is he standing over them? The, the Midrash will now ask that question. Hacha at omar vuhu omeid alehem. Here, the Torah says that he's standing over them and attending to them, but he's over them. Ulaholan Amar, but earlier it said, Nitzavim Alav, they were standing over him. So the mashma'us, the implication is that the one who's standing over somebody else has some kind of authority over them. They wield some kind of a shlita over that. So do they have authority over him, or does he have authority over them. Which one is it? Ella. Now the Midrash answers the question. 
Ad shelo yatsa yidehem nitzavim alav. Until Avraham Avinu had discharged his responsibilities toward them through the mitzvah of Hachnesis Orchin, they were standing over him. So I'll say that one more time. Until he discharged his responsibility of Hachnesis Orchim over them, they were standing over him. Kevan once he had discharged his responsibility, Vahu Omeid Alehem, now he is standing over them, a Maso Muteles Alehem, and they were afraid of him. More so, they were in awe of him. And the Midrash says it, Michoel, the angel Michoel, Mirates, he was trembling in the presence of Avraham Avinu. Gavriel, Mirates, Gavriel, the powerful Malach of Din, Mirates, he's trembling in the presence of Avraham Avinu. So something happened here. When he did the mitzvah of Avnesus Orchim for them, and he brought them all that food and took all that effort, and so he made it too, something happened that before they were kind of like over him, like we're Malachim, then he does the mitzvah for them, and all of a sudden they're in, they're in fear of him. They're shaking in their boots. So let's see what's happening here. If you move over on the side of the page to the commentary on the left, and I think it's the Anaf Yosef. It's the Eitz Yosef. It's the, it's the commentary right here. There are Yeah, there are. Back. Oh, I'm sorry. We ran out. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Got another one? Okay, it's front and back. Front and back. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, so if you follow on the left side of the column, and my finger is pointing at the word Ad Shalo Yatsa Yudehem. It's about halfway down that column on the left side of the page of the Eitz Yosef. Eitz Yosef? Yeah. Eitz Yosef is, is, didn't get photocopied, but that's the name of it. And I'm right here. Ad Shalo Yatsa Yudehem. Okay? So until he had discharged his responsibility with them, they are more chashuv than him. They're malachim. And he has fear of them. Even though Avraham Avinu thought that they were men, that they were human beings, he cared b'ma'alasam, but he understood that they were people of stature. Mehamtanas hashchina kidalael, because when he asked Hashem, "Would you please wait a minute while I go talk to these people?" Hashem said yes. So he understood that they were very important people. Anshe Maila. Now then, what happens? He does a mitzvah for them. Kevan sheyotza yedehem. And now he puts himself out, and he involves himself with the mitzvah of welcoming guests, with all of his might. Then what happens? Now the malachim recognize, whoa, who is this, who is this person? When Avram Avinu does a mitzvah, it's not just, okay, uh, let's see what we can do for these guys, and i got to go back to my phone calls, right? 
at the highest level. That's Avraham's Mida. So to see a mitzvah being performed by the person of that mitzvah and to be in their presence, it would be an awesome sight. So now that he's done the mitzvah, now they're shaking in their boots. Well, look at this person. I can't believe this. So he kiru so now his fear was cast upon them, and it's as if he rules over them. Still there in the commentary, because as we'll see a little later, Michal and Gavriel were two of the three Malachim that came to visit Avram Avinu. The third one, of course, was Raphael. So that's where we are right now. And just hold that in your mind for a minute because it's going to come up again. Avraham's performance of the mitzvah of Hachnas' Orchim makes a striking impression on the Malachim. If you think about it, this makes a lot of sense, right? What distinguishes people from Malachim? We do mitzvahs. They don't. Malachim have no bechira. They don't do mitzvahs in that sense. They follow orders. There's no power of Bechira in what they do. It's, so to speak, programmed. They're holy, fiery angels, but they have no choice. But when they're in the presence of a person who does a mitzvah and does it properly, and that's what distinguishes a person from a malach, now they're in awe because they can't do that. That's only something a person can do, and not only a person, but Avraham Avinu. Okay, so keep that in mind for a minute. Now we'll go back to the Midrash. Uh, we're on the first of the wide lines, three words in. Rebbe Tanhuma, Mishum Rebbe Alazar Rebbe Avun, Bishem Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Tanhuma says in the name of Rebbe Alazar and Rebbe Avun, who say in the name of Rebbe Meir, Masla Amar that he said a mashal, Rabbi Meir said a parable or a saying, when you go to a city, follow its customs. As we say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, right? This is the earlier version of that. Right? So you thought, you know, oh, oh, Rabbi Meir said that. Okay, that's different, right? So what happened? Up there in Shemayim, where nobody eats and drinks, it's not a physical world up there. Later on in the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up into Shemayim to get the Torah. He doesn't eat. He doesn't drink for 40 days. Shinemar, as it says in the Torah later, I was on the mountain there for 40 days and 40 nights. He was in Shem- on the mountain, but in Shemayim. Lechem lo achalti umayim lo shasisi. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I went up there, I went to their town in Shemayim, to Malachim town, and they don't eat and drink, so I didn't either. Right? I do what they do. That's up there. However, avolamata sheyesh achila ushasiya, where people eat and drink, and it's olam hazeh, it's the physical world, we're doing physical things. So then what happens? Vahu omed alehem. Well, now Avraham's in charge. The malachim came to visit him. 
they're here in our world, so he has shlita over them, tachas ho'etz vayocheilu, underneath the tree, and they ate. So the way this part of the Midrash is saying it, originally Malachim really have shlita over people, that's when someone like Moshe goes up there, he doesn't eat and drink, he does what they do. But when they come down here, now Avraham has shlita over them. Now the, Mish- the Midrash concludes, V'chi ochlin hayu, did they actually eat? Uh, these are malachim. Malachim don't eat, what do you mean? They'd... So we can say of someone, a person who normally eats, doesn't eat, okay, he's fasting. Granted, 40 days is a long time, but he's fasting. But if, if you're a malach and you don't eat, so how, how are you doing what people do? You're a malach. So the Midrash answers, Ella, nirin ka'ochlin. It looked like they ate. So they pretended, they feigned achila, like they were eating. Rishon, rishon mistalek. Every single thing that came across their way was removed one at a time. What does that mean? They burnt it up. So it's something, a little food came their way, they took it, and boom, it burned up. Burned up. They're malachim, right? So everything that came across them, they burnt it. Now just take a look at the bottom there, uh, the Eitzioseif again. Rishon, Rishon, Mistalek. It's the last commentary there of the, of the Eitzioseif. Mehashulchan, one thing at a time, they take off the table. Shehamalachim sorfuhu, and the malachim burnt it up. Now, if you take a look at the top, very top of the, hold on a second, what am I going to look at here? No, we're going to continue in that commentary. Ula Avraham nidme she'achluhu. It appeared like they ate. So, in other words, they came to our world, they needed to do what, they, what people do, and now they're down here, but they can't, they're malachim. They did the best they could. They burnt up the food, and it appeared like they were eating. V'chein isa bezohar seder zu behadya. And the Yosef says, the Zohar HaKadosh says this explicitly, that they didn't really eat, they burnt up the food, it looked like they were eating. Avol, however, so now bring back to mind that great mitzvah that Avram Avinu did, because I want to talk about it for a minute. Betona devei elio, that's the abri- uh, abbreviation. Tona that's another midrash which is revealed by Elio Hanavi. Chelak Aleph, Parsha Yud Aleph, Isa, it says, Bitsidkaso shall oso tzadik. Because of the tzidkas, the righteousness of that great person, Avraham Avinu. Ubi sachar toreach shatorach bishvilam. And on account of the bother and the effort that he put in on their behalf, God opened their mouth and they ate. God changed the nature of the malachim so they could eat Avram Avinu's food. Amazing. What's that? Well, they burnt it up. You know, you're saying that's wasting? Yeah. I guess if you can't eat, that's the best you can do, right? Carbonos are burnt, right? Carbonos are burnt as well. But hold on one second. I want to just emphasize the point here. So there's a premise in Avodah Hashem that when we do something which is physical, 
it brings us down. That's just the nature of it. We're physical, the world's physical. If we do a physical act, it brings us down. How do we avoid that so we're not just going down, down, down? Well, we have mitzvahs. Every time we connect a physical act to a vodas Hashem, instead of that physical act taking us down, it actually takes us up. So if we eat a, a piece of food and we don't say a bracha, that brings us down. Plus the fact that it's an aveira, we didn't say a bracha, it brings us further down. But if we eat food and we say a bracha, now instead of that act of consumption, very physical act, taking us down, it instead takes us up. So a physical act with a mitzvah attached to it is elevating. A physical act without a mitzvah or some form of avodah Hashem attached to it, it brings us down. So think about this for a minute. If a malach, a malach, that's a completely holy being, if somehow that malach gets wrapped up in a physical act, it would be like quicksand for a malach. It's not like us, you know, that we're physical, we do a physical act. It would be a tremendous urethra for them. They can't eat. They're holy beings. If they eat, that's like, shh. All of a sudden, they're like us. However, if Avraham Avinu makes the food... That's a whole different story. So the malach eats it. According to the Tanit Ve'liyahu, the malachim actually ate the food and pele, a pele gadol, they were not brought down by it. Not only, but they were in awe of Avram Avinu watching what he did and they get a little touch, a little taste, no pun intended, of the mitzvah that Avram Avinu did because Hashem said, okay, you can eat now. So not only did the mitzvah, did that act of achila rather, not bring them down, but it was an experience for them of kedusha. That tells us something even more so about the madrega of Avram Avinu. Because believe me, if I put out food for malachim and they ate it, like they'd be in bad shape. <laughs> not just because I cooked it. Right? <laughs> But if, if Amravina puts out food from Alachem and they eat it, like, oh, okay, that's a whole different story. Like, that's Kodesh. And they knew it. So Hashem says to them, you know what? I'm going to open your mouth and you can eat. You can, Avramavina's food, got my heksher on it. You can eat it. Amazing to think about what just happened here and what happened to them as a result of that. So the first opinion is that they burnt it up. They didn't eat it. No, they're, they're Malachem. But the Tanah Devei is that, no, Hashem said, I'm going to open your mouth, you're going to eat his food. Because that's a whole different kind of experience than anybody's used to. Yeah, please, sir. So I have a question. Yeah. If they hadn't eaten the food, mm-hmm. then maybe it's not a mitzvah. Like, let's say I put a dollar into a pushka, and that pushka accidentally gets knocked into a garbage can, right. and, you know, right. have I done the mitzvah of tzedakah? I intended to, I did an act, right. but it didn't achieve its goal. Correct. So if they don't eat, then yeah. then then he hasn't done Hachnas's orphan. So in other so words, they, that's so helping him too. To Excellent. In very order good. to make it a mitzvah. Uh, that's a very good thought. Now, it's possible, it's possible, when it comes to Hachnas's orchim, that even if they don't eat, you're still Yodzeh the mitzvah. I think you are. Why? Because it makes somebody feel good. 
So if you put food out in front of somebody, they know that's so nice. So thank you for putting down that food, a cup of coffee, a piece of cake. And whether they eat it or not, you fulfill the mitzvah because you just made them feel good. But that's what yeah, yeah. So malachim, maybe it's a little different. Malachim, you can't make them feel good or shade them or yeah. anything. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, unless maybe Avramavim is different. Uh-huh. Might, might be different, but yeah. Also, in terms of what Sarah said, that's one of the reasons we don't make a bracha on, on tzedakah. Why don't we say bracha when you give tzedakah? It's a mitzvah. Because you don't know, you know, it requires another party. And once something requires another party, it's not always successful, therefore you can't make a bracha on something like that. Mm-hmm. Linda, yeah, please. So, okay, two things. Yeah. Now, first, what I was going to say is I don't see any problem at all. You don't see any? Any problem. Yeah. Because right. Because they looked like people. It was like putting on a garment. They put on the garment of the human appearance, but they were not human beings. They were not changed. They were still malachim. Right. They were, that's right. We were not, but that means they can't eat. Right? So you put on a coat. Now you look like a malach puts on a coat of a person. Now he looks like a person, but he's still a malach. God didn't change them. He dressed them up. As malachim, he didn't change them. But he did. Okay. That's what, according to the ton of Eliyahu, That's what he did. But that's an amazing thing that he did that. Yeah. Yeah, so I would just say this. I'm sure, I'm sure that Avramavinu handled it well. <laughs> sure he handled He knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, please, Sandy. Yeah. Um, did Avraham know they were So that's the question. Uh, different opinions. Some say yes, some say no. According to the uh, commentary that we saw a minute ago, he didn't. They looked like people. But others say that he understood it that very well that they were Malachim. Yeah. Yeah, Revison, please. I'm not sure that you said it. Seems like it came close to saying. Okay. Did they actually rise as a result of eating that food? No, no. Did they have an aliyah right. like like a person does, right? As of ever changing. Right. But here they did change and they did experience this. Right. They did eat this very holy food. Right. Did they? Were they never the same after? Yeah. So I don't know. I was wondering about this. I was wondering, did they change as a result of it? So I, I hear both sides, right? Number one is, uh, how could you eat Avramavina's food and not change, right? Sorry, Maine is in there, kneading the dough, even though the dough, the dough didn't make it, but she's participating. So how can you not change by eating food that has such holiness in it? On the other hand, if you're not receptive to the change because you're not programmed that way, then you don't change. So maybe a malach is not changed by that because they're not programmed that way. It's not how they're built. I'm noted to the first opinion. But how can you eat that food and not be changed? How, how can that be? So I'm inclined in that direction, but I'm not sure. I know there are a couple more hands up, and I'm going to get to in one minute because I want to go just a little further on the other side of the page now. Now, that was Midrash, what we just saw, Midrash Rava. If you flip over your handout... We're now going to see Gomorrah. It's Gomorrah Baba Metziah. 
It's Daf Hey Vav Amud Beis, and it is talking about this whole incident in Parshas Vayera. So in this Gemara, Pei Vav, Pei Zayin, they talk about all these psukim and many drashos that are related to them. That's what we're going to be looking at. So you see that little check on the left side of your margin there, right here? This check over here? If you go into the text, Omar Rebbe Tan, three lines down from the wide line, Omar Rebbe Tan Chum Barchani Loi, Rebbe Tan Chum Barchani Loi says, La'olam al Yeshana Ada Min HaMinhag, a person should not differ from the customs of the place that they're in. Very similar to the, the Midrash that we saw. Shehare Moshe Ola Lamarum Velo Achal Lechem. Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shemaim and didn't eat bread. Malachi Hashores Yordu Lamata Ve'achlu Lechem. The Malachim came down here to our world and they did eat bread. Just like the Midrash that we saw. So the Gemara asked, Ve'achlu Salka Daitach, do you think they actually ate? But rather, it appeared as if they ate and they drank. Now, go up to the top of the page. On that top right where the first check is, right by the word nirin, nirin ka'ochlin vishosin, it appeared like they ate and drank. This is the tosvos. This is the bali ha-tosvos. And they say, ubeseder eliyohu rabah, in the Eliyahu Rabbah, which is the ton of Eliyahu that we saw, Ketani, it says, Lo ka'oso sha'omer nirin ka'ochlin vishosin. It goes against that opinion that it only appeared like they ate and they drank. Ela ochlin vishosin mamish, but they actually did eat and drink. Mipnei kavodo shel Avraham, on account of the honor of Avraham Avinu. That says it even a little more explicitly, upaliga adahacha, and that midrash argues with this Gemara over it. They're chachamim of the same era. They can argue with each other. So that's the machlokas we saw in the midrash. Now, go down to the bottom of the page. I didn't put a check over here, but you're going to be one, two, three, four lines from the bottom of the page in the middle of the line. Man Ninhu, four lines from the bottom. So the Gemara asks, Man Ninhu Shlosha Anashim. Who were these three men? The Gemara says, Michael, Vegavriel, Urafael. Three Malachim. Michael Shabal Levaser Esora. Michael came to give good tidings to Sora that she was going to have a baby. So he's the Malach of Chesed, and he gives her this great news. A great chesed is going to be done for you. You're going to have a child. Rafael Shabal the Rapeyas Avroham. Why did Rafael come? His name is Rafua, Rafael, to heal Avraham Avinu. He just had his bris. Gavriel, what about Gavriel? Ozal Lemahabche Lisdom. He came to overturn and destroy the city of Sodom. Now Rashi mentions this. Vahokosid, what do you mean? It says that two angels went to Sodom Bo'erev. Why not three? So the Gemara answers, Michoel went with Gavriel. And why did Michoel come along? To save Lot. 
So Gavriel moves on from Avram Avinu's house to destroy Sodom. Michael goes with him to save Lot. Raphael, mission accomplished. He goes back to his place in Shemaim, wherever Hashem has him. Now take a look at the next Tosfos, where the check is on the page here. Right here, about 15 lines down. This is also the Balea Tosfos, and fascinating Tosfos. Hahu Michal went on to Sodom to save Lot. So Zok the Tosfos, or actually Frek the Tosfos, they asked, Vitema, this is a question. The Amrin and Bibereshia we say in the Midrash from the Chachamim, De'ein Malach Echad One Malach does not do two messenger, acts of messengership. And apparently, some of them are doing two. Because Gavil, or Michal, goes to Avram and then he goes to Saddam. Vieshlomar, we could say. It wasn't at one time. His first shlichus was to inform Sora she'd have a baby. So that shlichus, that mission, is over. He's done with that. Well, now he's done with that. He can do another one. It means they can't do two at the same time. When he went to Sodom, now begins his second job. So he has two jobs, not at the same time. You can't, Amalek can't do two jobs at the same time. But consecutively, one after the other, yes, that's absolutely possible. Now a different opinion. The Bereshus Rabba Midrash says, Yesh, Sherefoel bo lahatzil es lot. It wasn't Michael who went to save Lot, it was Raphael. Machlokas. So according to everybody, Gavriel goes to Sodom to destroy Sodom. According to one opinion, Michal goes with him to save Lot. According to a different opinion, no, it's Raphael who goes with him to save Lot. So you may be thinking, hold on, healing Raphael, what does that have to do with saving? That seem, doesn't seem to fit. So that mish, Midrash does not mention the fact that Rafal went to heal Avraham. Even if he did go to heal Avraham, he says it's the same mission. That's a big Kiddush that Tosa says, that healing and saving is the same idea. So yes, Raphael went to heal Avraham. He did that mission. Now he moves on to Sodom to save Lot. It's not healing, but it's saving. And saving somebody from harm is equivalent to healing somebody. That's how Tosas understands that Malach could be Raphael. Healing and saving is the same idea. And if you think about it, when a person is healed from an illness, they're saved from that illness. So it's the same concept. So one second. Another question. So Rabbeinu Ochana says, hold on a second. 
If you look at the psukim, it sounds like two malachim save lot, not one. So is it michal? Is it rifal? Either one, but only one. But it says kidechsev, plural, vayachaziku ha'anashim biyado. They took, plural, the man in their hand or in their hands. Vayotziuhu, and they took him out. Vayanichuhu, michutz lo'ir, and they put him outside of the city. They, 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 that's two. So why are you saying one malach saved load? It looks like two did. So the Tosas answers, answers, Ukisiv basrei, sh'omar le'malach shabu lahafoch ha'sedom, the Malach who came to destroy Sodom, that's Gavriel, says, I cannot destroy the city until you leave. So Tosa says that it took both Malachim to get Lot out of the city. Michoel Holach Imo. Michoel, who's the Malach of Chesed, so what's he doing there? He's saving Lot. That's an act of chesed. And he's walking with Lot. He's accompanying him. Levaya. What's that an act of? Chesed. So Michal is escorting Lot out of the city. Good. Now who's the second malach? Gavriel. What's he doing? Adsoar. The Gavriel hoya mitzava osolamaher. Gavriel was saying, hurry up. That was his job. Michal's job was to take him out. Gavriel was to say, hurry up. It took two malachim. Your mother helps you get out of the house, takes you to the train station. Your father says, you're going to miss your plane. (laughs) Takes two. You're late. Well, I know, we're almost ready, honey. No, the train's leaving at four (laughs) o'clock. So Michal says, let's go, Lord. Come on, let's see. Gavriel's like, get out of here. The mom and the dad. Takes two. So Tosos answers that question that yes, it was two Malachim who saved Lot. Michoel or Rafal was one. Gavriel was the other saying, Lamaher, let's get going here because the city is going to be destroyed. So all kinds of fascinating things about the eating of the Malachim who went to Sidon. Okay, now we left off halfway. Ilana, please, Bavakasha. Yeah. Because then it said a little after that, Vahu omeid alehem. Yeah, so if it's omeid instead of nitzab, that's the same idea. And alehem is the main word. He was over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, Elka. Please. Right. Yeah. So as I think about the tefillah in the morning, onim be'ema va'omrim be'yura, kadosh, 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 they're all saying that together, right, in the state of yura. 
So Avram Avinu's Yura Shemaim was a Ruchniyastik emotion. It wasn't just Stam Yura. And a Malach is affected by Ruchniyas. They don't change in the same way that we change, you know, they don't grow, but they're affected. We see it in our, in our tefillahs, that they sing together, they praise together. It, almost, it says actually in the Midrash that their yura is so intense that they perspire. And the Nahar Dinor, which is a spiritual river up in Shemayim, where people are, neshamas are put in there to be immersed and become purified. So the Chachamim say, where does the Nahar Dinor come from? From the sweat of the Malachim and their yura Shemayim. So yeah, yura is something that a malach, real yura is something that a malach could be affected by. Changed, I don't know, I think that's the human thing. Affected, like whoa, you know, yes. yeah. When we go whoa, we're changed. A malach doesn't change, but he's still impressed by the experience. Dora, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and this is what Abraham is, is doing every day. Right. Like, did, did they just eat and it just like, because they're so spiritual, it doesn't affect them in any way? Or they ate and they had Hanah and realized this is, you know, this is what humans are like and this is what Abraham's doing and you know, that's part of the right. So here's the thing, right? If a Malach has physical Hanah, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that takes them out of the realm of Malachhood. They can't have that. That's, that. That would be bad for them. That's a big urea for them. But I think we go back to the same point, that Avraham, when he fed them that food, that that was no longer a physical experience because his midah of chesed was so highly developed. So if the malach did have hanah from it, I don't know if they did or they didn't, but if they did, it was not like, oh, that tasted great. It was more like ruchnius, chesed, pure chesed, unadulterated chesed from Avram Avinu and Sarah Imenu. That, they, that would be their enjoyment, spiritual enjoyment. <coughs> yeah, please, Sandy. Um, he said, how, or someone said, how can you not change after eating such holy food? So is it Hasidim, like... I heard, like, the Shirayim, right. That That's the idea, yeah. So that that food has been elevated by a holy person, so if you, and it, it leaves an influence on the food, so if you eat that food, you become affected by it. So can food be elevated by a regular person? Yes, it can. When you say a bracha on it, that's what happens. Or so but there's like, levels and levels. You, when you cook, like, what you think of, can, does that have an effect on the food? Absolutely. That's why there's nothing like the good home cooking of a Yiddish, Yiddish, Yiddish lady in her kitchen with all her machshavos, kedoshos that go on and that go into that food that I know you ladies have, that that affects the food a lot. Affects the food a lot. Yeah. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. No, no such thing. <laughs> Why did he offer food to them? 
Right, so if he knew there were malachim, why did he offer food, right? So here's the thing. Even if he knew they were malachim, but he understood that there was a reason that they were sent to him in human form. If they're sent to him in human form, that means he has to go through the action of what he would do for a human being. Otherwise, Hashem would reveal malachim to him as malachim. That would not be a foreign experience for Avram Avinu. Right? He and Sarah saw malachim. Hagar saw malachim. So that meant something. That they're in human form, that means you have to act like they're human beings, even if they're not. Yeah, Rebson, please. I just have to follow up. Yeah. I don't know if it yeah. seems even elevated, because if he knows that, and he's going through all of that strictly because that's what Hashem wants, because he knows they're not people. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't follow. Say it again. That if it would it be even a higher act then if he really knows that they're malachim because he's going through all of that it's strictly his relationship with Hashem he understands he's not servicing a human being here right he's just serving God right yeah there is an opinion like that where that it was a higher act of hafnosis orchim because it's strictly knowing what God doing what God wants him to do even though these are not human beings but that's what Hashem wants okay I'm going to do it and he spares no expense yeah one one hundred cream. Best cream, right? Great triple A. Is another hand up there? Elka, yeah, please. Um, I have a couple of questions. Okay. But, okay, one thing when you know Paul went to with the Romans do, that's what we say, and however they say it, Hashem here, when you go to a city, do their, follow their practices, their norms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it does to a certain extent. Like, for example, look at all of us, how we're dressed. If we were living, you know, in a cult, different culture like many Jews have over the years, you wouldn't be dressing like that. You'd look more Arab in dress. Yeah, you, we look American. We look Western. Jews live, if you lived in Williamsburg, right? <laughs> that's Jewish already. Right. Unless you lived in Iraq, right, when you could, right, or Iran, or all these com- uh, countries where Jews live. We dressed culturally like that. It's news, you know, always. So the halachas are the guarding force, but then within those halachas, we adapt. That's what, that's what, we, that's what we've done. Eat different kinds of food. Over history, eat yeah. different kinds of spices. Yeah, our, our diet, you know, is very influenced by Western culture. We live in a different culture. We'd have a different kind of diet. I remember that eating at my Yemenite friends in Yerushalayim when I was yeshiva Oh, that, that's different, right? <laughs> Like, whoa, that's really different. Ouch. <laughs> it was delicious, but it kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah, so he's all good. It's a it's a very good question. And it seems to me that it's focusing on Avraham. That he's not going to put something out there that he doesn't eat. Or maybe he was going to eat with them. I don't know. doesn't say that he did, so I don't know. But they're focusing on him. And the fact that he won't eat it, now therefore he's not going to bring it out. I know there's still a question in there. It doesn't quite resolve it, but it's revolving around him, not around them. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? 
Yeah. What time did it, did it say up there? Uh, 10.25. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Yashur Koach. Have a great week and a good Shabbos. Which one is yours, Hannah? Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Tana? Yeah. Thanks. How do you know? Is that Tana? Tana? Devei Elia. Tana? Devei Elia. How much is the family?